0: it's 49ers cutback podcast time welcome to the show everyone i'm taking a first look at the baltimore ravens that's right 49ers versus ravens is on the horizon a christmas day showdown between two of the best teams in the nfl uh the baltimore ravens right now hold the best record in the afc 49ers of course hold the best record in the nfc and With a recent loss by the Dallas Cowboys to the Buffalo Bills and then a Monday night shocker as the Seattle Seahawks took care of the Philadelphia Eagles, the 49ers find themselves with a full game lead with a lot of tiebreakers along the way to potentially get that first seed in the NFC playoffs. Now, of course, the Baltimore Ravens game's important. I know it's not a conference game, so the importance is diminished a little bit, but the 49ers right now are on a six-game winning streak and they're absolutely hammering football teams. And they want to keep this momentum going through the rest of the season because ultimately they're trying to make sure they lock up that number one seed. Beating Baltimore goes a long way to do that. Now, there is a playoff scenario where the Forty yards beat the Ravens, and a bunch of other stuff happens, and the Forty yards clinch the first spot in the playoffs as far as first seed. I don't want to get into that in this episode because I do think it's going to be a little bit hard for all three teams right behind the 49ers to lose so I think we're going to keep our focus on beating the Ravens and that's exactly what the 49ers plan to do now this is not going to be an easy matchup the Ravens present some real unique obstacles for the 49ers on offense and defense because the Ravens are the the first or the best scoring um defense in the entire league they give up less points per game than the 49ers now these guys have been going back and forth Throughout the season, Ravens giving up 16.1, 49ers giving up 16.8, and of course, the scoring that the 49ers gave to the Cardinals inflated that number. But what we see here is there's two talented football teams with a lot of playmakers on both sides of the football. And whenever you have a mobile quarterback like Lamar Jackson, every single player on your defense has to be on their P's and Q's. But what I want to do in this episode is I want to take a look at this matchup some of the, the interesting matchups between both teams but just take a look at what the ravens do what kind of obstacles they're going to present the 49ers and just set the table for this matchup for the the great monday night sunday or monday night christmas showdown uh, we don't always get christmas football games but this is going to be absolutely fun and it's going to be at levi stadium the house is going to be rocking the faithful are going to be there and it's going to be all about can they beat Baltimore? Are the 49ers the best team in the NFL? They can go a long way in telling people and showing people that they are. And if you're going to bet on that game, why not use Bet Online? All the major pro sports are in action this week with college football playoffs ready to kick off. Bet Online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info, including news for pro football, the NBA, upcoming fights, and NHL games this season. Head to the website today, get in on the action, and see all the updated odds for the week. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. If first time watching, I hope you enjoy the program. I and mean, if you do, please give me a subscription. If you like this video, like it. It'll go out uh, to everyone else, and the algorithm will kick it out. So that doesn't cost you a thing, but it does a lot to help me out. And, of course, if you're listening on an audio platform, 49ers cut back on Believe. I really appreciate everyone that listens on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You guys truly are the best. But let's get into this. Let's talk a little bit Baltimore, uh, San Francisco. When you look at the records, both of them are 11-3. And they have some similarities in their losses because the Ravens play in the AFC North. And, truly, the 49ers, one struggle this season, if there has been one, is the AFC North. They lost to Cleveland, and they lost to Cincinnati. And the AFC North is a tough place to play, especially when you play on the road. But, I mean, Joe Burrow came to San Francisco and handled business in a big way in that matchup. The 49ers definitely looked tired and needed that bye week. But when you look at the Baltimore Ravens, they have absolutely dominated the NFC this year, but their losses are in the AFC North, two of them. They lost to Pittsburgh 17-10, which is surprising, Because the 49ers absolutely throttled them in week one. And then they share a loss with the 49ers, 33 to 31 to the Cleveland Browns. So uh, Cleveland has defeated the Niners and the Ravens. Kind of give an idea of some common opponents. Cincinnati, uh, they beat Cincinnati 34 to 20. That was without Joe Burrow, by the way, just to kind of give a little bit of an idea. And when you're talking common opponents, it doesn't get more common than Seattle or Arizona. And in both of those cases, they blew out the Seattle Seahawks 37 to three. They beat Arizona 31 24. So, a kind of a common opponent, you can get an idea of how Arizona is doing. And of course, um, Detroit they whooped 38 to six. Just a little a little glimpse at what Baltimore has done this year. They have played really well. Their losses, the two we talked about, and one to Indianapolis in overtime in September. So. For the most part, they've done a great job of playing really, really good football. And we know that when it comes to the Ravens, they're always going to be coached good uh, because they're coached by John Harbaugh. And John Harbaugh has been a very successful coach in the NFL for a long time. Uh, Just, I mean, Super Bowl champion, just a really solid coach. But the difference between Harbaugh and some of the things he's had to do is he's had to make a lot of adjustments on his coaching staff. You know, Kyle has had changes on his coaching staff because coaches have been poached. When it came to John Harbaugh, it's less about coaches getting poached and more about having to replace them. Out is offensive coordinator Greg Roman, and they went with you know a, a younger, uh, different type, oh, actually an older type of player in Todd Monken. Monken's coming in, 35th season in the, uh, in the league, has been coaching for a long time, ninth season in the league. I'm sorry, 35th season overall. But he's interesting because he comes from the Georgia Bulldogs. He was there for their back-to-back national championship victories. And why do I find that interesting? Well, for the most part, when you talk about Lamar Jackson, the style of offense that he's going to run, there needs to be some sort of college basis for it because it's really about spread, moving the quarterback. Of course, with Greg Roman, they went all on Lamar Jackson running with heavy sets and really tried to go that way. It was almost a single wing at times, and... They've translated away from that, and Ted Monken's, Todd Monken's a big reason why. Defensive coordinator is Mac, uh, Mike McDonald, and Mike McDonald, another interesting case where he was with the Baltimore Ravens for years, then he left to be the defensive coordinator at Michigan. He was defensive coordinator at Michigan for uh, 2021, and then he came back to the Ravens in 2022, and he has just done a really good job with that defense. The defense has been top five the last couple of years, so... Uh, goes to with another hardball gym and then ends up coming back to Baltimore as their defensive coordinator. And the defense has never looked back. And whenever you're looking at Baltimore, you just see talented players all over the place. They have an extreme amount of talent that they have on their football team. And that's where the 49ers are going to have some of their issues. Because when you look at the Baltimore Ravens, we'll we'll look at their defense first. They run a 3-4 defense, which the 49ers have seen a ton of 3-4 defenses this year. Uh Pittsburgh, 3-4 defense. The Rams, 3-4 defense. It's just been commonplace for the 49ers to go against 3-4. And when you play a 3-4, that means you're going to see a lot of five-man fronts. They're going to bring those outside linebackers up, and they're going to play five-man fronts. Of course, they'll drop people out. Same way Arizona did last week uh, using Zayven Collins and Gardeck. Uh, Both of those guys were playing outside linebackers. So 49ers are not, you know... um not shy about the fact they know how to handle these. They do a lot of duo blocks on the edge defender and get a lot of push in the run game. But Baltimore has got some successful players. And it starts for me because the edge is so important for the way the 49ers play offense is Jadavion Clowney. And Jadavion Clowney is having a little bit of resurgence now that he's in Baltimore and not in Cleveland. He was not happy with his usage in Cleveland. Felt like all the good reps were going to Miles Garrett. Whether he's right or not, he plays a very good... Edge defense. He's good against the run. That's something that Clowney's done as he first came in the league out of South Carolina. And that's somewhere where the 49 like to attack against a 3-4 defense. I bring it up because if you can't get a push and you can't get Jadavion Clowney on the move, he's able to continue to squeeze that down and not allow uh, any sort of space on the edge. It makes it more difficult to run against a 3-4 because when you look at Baltimore, they have good interior defensive tackles. Uh, Michael Pierce and Broderick Washington, uh, they're going to go ahead, and they're big dudes who are going to help stop the run on the inside. And if you're not giving up space with Clowney, then all of a sudden you lack places to run. I've already seen people talking about, hey, it's not a week that you run inside. You got to make sure you run outside against this Baltimore Ravens defense. I will say this, though. It could be tough sledding running on the outside if you can't get any movement on Clowney. So Clowney presents some interesting problems especially when you talk about the fact that they got away um, and Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen as the other linebackers. So imagine that, Clowney, Patrick Queen, Roquan Smith, and away as the guys who are playing the linebacker spots. If I was going to say, I would probably run it away the most. Uh, just by you know, watching the film and looking at him, to me, he's the weakest of the edge defenders that they're going to be facing. Now, it's not going to be any easy task. You know They're going to have to find ways to get movement. And what a battle we could be seeing. Absolute heavyweight fight. Trent Williams versus Jadavion Clowney. And Clowney's been getting sack numbers this year. His numbers are up. Uh, he's got an opportunity to get 10. He's on, on pace to get double digits. We'll see if he ends up getting there. But then when you talk about that interior linebacker core of Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith, it's one of the better tandems in the league. Of course, the 49ers probably have the best tandem in the entire league you know, with Fred Warner and Drake Greenlaw, but this one is good. Not only are they good interior, sticking their nose in there and making tackles um, and not giving up any extra yardage, but they also can track you. They can run sideline to sideline. They're pretty good in coverage. So, this is a unique matchup for the 49ers because recently, when they've been going against teams, these teams have lacked at the linebacker position. It has been an obvious advantage for the 49ers, whether it was running the football or finding matchups for Christian McCaffrey and for Kyle Juszczyk and for Debo Samuel out of the backfield. I mean, literally, Christian McCaffrey's first touchdown against Arizona was them finding a matchup of McCaffrey on Reyes and him breaking it to the inside for a post for a touchdown. Those types of things are hard to come by. Now, can Christian McCaffrey still win? Yes, I mean, these linebackers are good, but McCaffrey's great. But it just makes it more difficult. It's not as easy because these guys are... Really good football players. Their front seven for Baltimore is really solid. Uh, Trench warfare is going to be tough. And we know Jake Brendel can sometimes struggle with big interior defensive linemen. And guess what? Uh, They don't get much bigger than Michael Pierce and Broderick Washington on the inside. So those are going to present some unique problems for the 49ers. Whether John Feliciano plays right guard or Spencer Burford could be interesting as well. Feliciano plays a little bit bigger, a little bit more physical at the point of attack. But we'll see and monitor how Chris Furster and this 49ers offense runs that this week. But we're talking about a defense that's good against the run and good against you know, uh, making sure they put put a lot of pressure on the quarterback. So this is going to be a tough one for the 49ers. Just looking at their talent alone, you see some of the matchup issues. Uh, you always can find little spots where you can attack, and I'm going to get into that this week where you find you know the matchups that you can exploit on offense. It was one of my favorite episodes to do because I get to kind of translate back to my coaching days where I used to watch opposing teams film, and it was my job to take my players' talents and then find the best situations for them to be successful. And usually it's finding matchups that work for you, whether it's because of scheme, your scheme just dictates that that's a matchup you win, or if it's by player. you know You get a one-on-one matchup, and that suits you the best. Well, this is going to be a fun one because there's normally when you go into 49ers versus an opposing team, you have multiple matchups you can exploit. We're going to see how many I can come up with this week uh, because the this is a tough battle for the 49ers. And now, when you go and you look at their cornerback position, they got Brandon Stevens and Marlon Humphrey on the outside. Both guys battle, they're tough, they're physical, they tackle well on the outside. Of course, 49ers wide receivers. Get your hard hats ready. You're going to have to make sure you block well. And when you are tasked with going to the inside, you've got to make sure you go in there and handle uh, some, some pretty physical linebackers. And we know Jawan Jennings potentially may not be available. We'll see as this week progresses. But he's in concussion protocol. and You just don't know what that's going to look like. He does have the extra day, which means he could be there. Let's be honest. The 49ers need physical blocking this week it could be more important for the 49ers to have Jawan Jennings and Chris Conley this week than ever before. Both guys very physical and good blockers. So you may not see very much Ronnie Bell on the field. Uh, Ronnie Bell right now is not playing very much significance anyways. Uh, But when it comes to blocking, these guys might be needed against a big physical Baltimore Ravens defense. And when you think of Ravens defense, you just think of tough AFC North for whatever reason, AFC North always has tough, physical, gritty uh, defensive backs that will go out there and hit you. They battle consistently. Uh, so this is going to be a tough matchup. It's always fun when you see Brandon Ayuk mixing it up downfield, Deebo bringing his physicality, and those things are going to be needed. Now you've got Kyle Hamilton and Marcus Williams playing the safety position. That's going to be a lot of fun. And one thing that could be interesting, now Kyle Hamilton did get hurt a couple weeks ago. He was able to play last week. Uh, or this over the weekend. Well, finding him sometimes they put him in some unique situations. They'll match him up against some pretty good wide receivers. And if you watch the game against the Jacksonville Jaguars, Kyle Hamilton was even tasked with covering Calvin Ridley in the slot. Um, It wasn't great. I mean, there are definitely an opportunity where if you have a good route runner, they can beat Hamilton, but it shows his versatility to be able to go in and play a Buffalo nickel, a big nickel role uh, at any moment against any receiver. So, Uh, 49ers would love to get matchups that get Brandon Ayuk on Kyle Hamilton. That may be one of the matchups that I would look to exploit if I was Kyle Shanahan because Ayuk is an extremely good route runner, and that's a mismatch. But to do that, you have to get the Ravens to be willing to cover other guys on the outside. I think Kyle Shanahan can scheme it up and find those kinds of situations uh, to take advantage of, and that's ultimately what you're trying to do against a really good Baltimore Ravens defense. I mean, that's the only way to say it. They're very, very good, very talented on all three levels. 49ers just going to have to consistently be willing to take what's there. It's all about that for Brock Purdy this week. Brock's going to get pressure. They're going to limit the 49ers run game to a point. 49ers and Kyle Shannon are going to have to be diligent in making sure they don't turn away from the run game, but take what's there. And I'm just going to keep it real. It shouldn't matter what team the 49ers are playing. Uh, They should have some success on offense with the playmakers and the scheme that they run. They can find mismatches through motions and shifts and formationally that benefit them. And so that's what they're going to have to do in this game. But the Ravens present a lot of struggles because of the strengths of their teams match up with some of the weaknesses or some of the strengths of the 49ers team. And the, one of the big ones is that interior defensive line versus the 49ers offensive line. We'll see if the 49ers offensive line can get it together. Now, when you're talking about this offense, I talked about Todd Monken coming in, uh, and you know he was with Georgia, and Georgia's offense was very significant. Now, that's not the only place he's been. He's been with Tampa Bay. He was there from 2016 to 2018, uh, basically, you know, pre Tom Brady. So think about those offenses, and then in 2019 he was with the Cleveland Browns. So I mean, he's been around. He's called offense. He's very, uh, you know, familiar with the AFC North, being with Cleveland before. So. Uh, this is a guy that has experience in the league nine years. Nothing to you know, really shake your head about. This guy is, is pretty good. But they've had some real injuries on the offensive side of the ball. Now, they're still good. They've still got talent. Anytime you have a guy like Lamar Jackson, you put the fear of God into a 49ers defense that's going to have to track a really fast quarterback. Now, with that being said, Lamar Jackson runs less this year than he has in the past. A lot of that because now he's more scrambling. There's less design run plays there for a while he was just considered the ultimate weapon by greg roman and they would run read option all the time they'd run rpo but they would just basically try to get him out on the edge and run the football they even had power run plays for him it was a different type of offense that's not what we're going to see here he still has the fear to run he's still dangerous when he runs but there's less design run plays is the read option still a part of this game plan Yes. Will they still run RPO? Reyes, the decision to give the ball or throw? Yes. But Lamar Jackson is also winning more from the pocket. So it's a different style of offense, the same way we've seen the Arizona Cardinals since they went away from Cliff Kingsbury go to a different style of offense for Kyler Murray. We're getting a different style of offense for Lamar Jackson. I will say this, just from preliminary watches, and I'm going to break more into the Baltimore Ravens film As we go through this week, but just from the preliminaries that I've watched so far, the the route concepts and things are similar to what you get from Philadelphia. They're pretty basic mirrored routes, um, not a lot of creativity when it comes to those schemes. So being able to confuse Lamar Jackson and take away his reads one and two could be on tap for the 49ers. who are going to want Lamar to try to win this football game from the pocket. But let's talk a couple of injuries that have been significant. Uh, for the Baltimore Ravens. Mark Andrews, the tight end, was having a brilliant season. And to be honest, if Mark Andrews was still playing, he would be the, their number one target, and the 49ers' number one goal would be to stop uh, Mark Andrews. Now, be- because he's gone, it's allowed a young player to step up, and Isaiah Likely's done a good job. He led the team in re- in receiving yards last week with 76. So Isaiah Likely is a talented tight end. The 49ers are going to have to account for him But it was a huge loss losing Mark Andrews. Andrews was a go-to guy for Lamar Jackson. He felt comfortable with him. And really, he was a matchup problem who was on a torrid pace this season. So the 49ers don't have to face Andrews. They will have to deal with Isaiah, likely. And how they do, it's going to be interesting. Last week, the 49ers had some struggles with Trey McBride. They shut down pretty much every single Arizona Cardinals wide receiver. But Trey McBride went for over 100 yards and had a very impactful game which was different for the 49ers because they've been slowing tight ends down all year. Pat Fryerbooth, he got shut down. Um, Darren Waller, he got shut down. Evan Ingram, he got shut down. When they put a, a tight end in front of the 49ers, Sean Gibson have been locking him down. And if, for whatever reason, schematically, they did not lock down Trey McBride. Uh, I think the closest tight end performance we've had to what Trey McBride just did was TJ Hawkinson when the 49ers played the Vikings and, of course, lost. But you have to make sure you account for Isaiah Likely, but that was a big loss, the Baltimore Ravens losing Mark Andrews. And then this week, they lost their second running back. Of course, earlier in the season, no J.K. Dobbins. He's out. Uh, That was a huge loss. And then they've been going with Keaton Mitchell. We know they got Gus Edwards, who's a a physical running back. They got Justice Hill for third down. But they had Keaton Mitchell, who was doing impactful things in the run game because he ran a 4-3. Tremendous speed was showing great explosion, great vision. They were loving him. And then he goes down with the ACL. It's unfortunate he got hurt this week. And so they have a little bit of a difference now in run game, where they had a very speedy guy who could make you have to get on your horse and run out there. Now it's a more physical style of run game. Gus Edwards is more right at you, right down your throat, in your face kind of runner. And he wins with extra yards after contact. So the 49ers know with this, there's a lack of speed, but there is a focus on making sure you make the tackle. 49ers missed 16 tackles against the Arizona Cardinals, and we know that needs to get cleaned up. With question marks for the 49ers along the interior defensive line, from Armstead to Hargrave, uh, no Kalia Davis, the 49ers are going to have to make sure that they shut this run game down. I don't know what they're going to do at defensive tackle, if Hargrave or Armstead or both are not available, T.Y. McGill would have to be available. And I don't know. Did do they go Alex Barrett? Did they sign someone off the street? As of right now, as the time of recording, they have not made a move. And of course, they still could this week. Uh, but if they don't make a move, that p- points and signals to Hargrave and Armstead playing. And the significance of this game might entail that they play. Because even though it's not a conference game, it doesn't hurt your conference record, it's important as far as seeding. You win this one, I mean, you you put a lot of pressure on Dallas, on Philly, and on Detroit to make sure they win. If they fall or drop games, you potentially could have this thing locked up, and then you could really rest those guys heading into the playoffs. So, uh, yes, you you have a couple games right here that you need to win. If you win Baltimore and then you win the next week against the Commanders, you seal that number one seed, you can rest guys like Hargrave and Armstead and, and others that have been battling and dealing with injuries or nagging Hurts and you could rest them for the Rams game, and they could basically have two weeks off before they have to play again in the divisional round of the playoffs. So these games are highly important, and when you have a big running back like Gus Edwards, it's going to be important to win at the point of attack because for Keaton Mitchell, you have to worry about him getting outside, him getting off tackle with outside zone plays when it, and running some counter plays. When it comes to Edwards, he's coming right at you, which means stopping forward momentum, stopping positive yards, and defeating double teams because that's exactly what will be coming for you. And a lot of their offenses, based on power run game, they'll get a power O look going, run it at a pistol, run it at a shotgun, still hit you with some outside zone. They have a good established run game because you have to account for Lamar Jackson. So you have to be on your P's and Q's. Good thing for the 49ers, they've dealt with this this year. Uh, when they played Josh Dobbs, they had to account for him in the run game. When they played... Um, Tyler Murray, they had to do that. Jalen Hurts, they had to do that. So they're equipped now to handle it. The other injury uh, that's really, really, I think, going to be interesting for this matchup is, is left tackle Ronnie Stanley. Ronnie Stanley's one of the better tackles in the entire NFL. But watching him lumber around in that game last week, it just showed his right knee is not right. He's got a, a huge brace on it. But you could see, he's not as great in the run game. He's not getting as much force. Uh, He's not as quick in his pass sets. I think that that could be a matchup to watch. Now, Nick Bosa normally rushes against right tackles, and Ronnie Stanley's on the left side, where normally Chase Young, Cleveland Farrell rush from. But I think this is another week where the 49ers need to move defensive players around. Go ahead and get Bosa on Stanley sometimes. And then when Chase Young's over there, uh, be be powerful, be explosive with him, and try to make him shift his weight. So I think one of the keys to this game is going to be letting him th- you know, start rushing outside and then work your way to the inside and then go back out, making him shift that weight to the inside. I don't know if he has the explosiveness on that right knee to be able to go back in and block you. So uh, that matchup would normally be a huge, fun matchup for Baltimore's best guy against the 49ers' best guy. Now I don't know. I don't know if Baltimore... Is going to have that guy on offense now at at the tackle spot, uh, which makes you kind of think hey, there's a place the 49ers could definitely, you know, take advantage of. And if Ronnie Stanley's not good and ready to go, it's gonna be Patrick McCari. Macari came in last week and I watched him. He's not bad. Um, he's he's a sufficient blocker, but definitely somebody the 49ers can look to take advantage of. And anytime that you have a situation like this. Uh, That's what you have to do. You'll see an advantage. Go take advantage of it. And with question marks along the defensive line, it might be very important for the 49ers to get edge pressure. We know that they have to keep Lamar Jackson inside the pocket. Lamar is one of the best at scrambling and running the football. So there probably will be times, just a public service announcement, that there's going to be times the 49ers pull the Jalen Hurts type card and they don't rush Lamar Jackson. They give him a lot of time to be able to try to throw the football. I don't know if it'll be the 8 to 10 seconds that Jalen Hurts got when the 49ers played him, when Nick Bosa said, hey, we've issued the blueprint. A lot of people didn't like it. Kind of true. Because teams are starting to limit their effectiveness. So there might be times that works. You want Lamar Jackson to use his arm and beat you from the pocket. Takeaway reads one and two. Make him panic and then try to get him uh, down. But you have to make sure you keep your pass rush lane integrity. Lamar Jackson is the most dangerous runner the 49ers have faced this season, and it ain't close. In fact, he's the most dangerous runner of the football from the quarterback position in the NFL. He absolutely scares the living daylights out of defenses because not only does he have the wiggle, but he also has the speed. He he breaks angles, and so the 49ers have to be worried about that. They have to account for him, which means you're probably going to see a lot of uh, zone coverage from the 49ers defense, but – I look for Steve Wilks to mix it up, uh, try to confuse him by running different types of uh, disguises with his coverages, and also to occasionally bring pressure, but not so much the pressure to get him down with the sack, but to take away a run lane for him to be able to run the football. I think it's going to be very important for the 49ers to make sure they do that. And the 49ers are dealing with other injuries besides the two defensive linemen. Oren Burks is trying to work his way back. We'll see what happens during the week. It would be nice if the 49ers had their Sam Backer, some of the times Baltimore will put the 49ers in a base 4-3 set with their personnel grouping and won't be in a sub package, and that's important. I'd rather have Oren Burks out there than have Demetrius Flanagan fouls. Um, that, so that's something to monitor. And then also I think Diomito Lenore is going to be good to go. He's dealing with the rib contusion, but just make sure that he's out there physically and ready to go is going to be highly important for the 49ers because when you look at the Baltimore Ravens offense as far as skill players, we talked about Isaiah light or Isaiah likely but they do have odell beckham junior and of course the 49ers have had pretty good success against obj in his career uh, he he was you know one of the 49ers win against when he played for the rams a lot uh, so they know exactly who odell is rashad Bateman really hasn't lived up you know to his expectations when they drafted him out of minnesota and then zay flowers and and zay flowers is the guy That I really like. He's a speedster. He's got a lot of ability on the edge. They'll get him the ball in a quick screen. But I think what's nice for the 49ers. If they've definitely won against players like this. In fact they just did. Rondell Moore is somebody that's very close to what Zay Flowers is. Now I do think Zay Flowers upside is beyond what Rondell Moore's is. But I think it gives you a little comp and equivalency. You can see exactly what they're going to be facing this week. I think when you look at the matchup. It's going to be fun. 49ers versus Ravens is a heavyweight fight. A really good offense against a really good defense on both sides of the field. Playmakers on offense for both teams. Defensive playmakers for both teams. This is going to be absolutely great. And thank you so much uh, for the subscription. Really appreciate that. And, you know, we're, we're working towards 5K subs. And every time I get a new subscription, I'm very thankful for all of you. You guys are the best. So this was 49ers versus Ravens' first look. It was brought to you by Bet Online where the game starts. Like and subscribe, right? If you're listening to the audio platform, give it a five-star rating, uh, leave a review. I'd really appreciate it. But there's going to be plenty of content and we're going to be talking 49ers versus Ravens. Don't want to do upon my upon for the review and I've been breaking down the game versus the Cardinals. There's going to be some little uh, things that we can take away from that whether those are positives or things we need to work on. And so that'll be coming out. Be on the lookout for that. And then of course, Going to get into all the numbers of this matchup as well. Tale of the Tape episode, all based on the numbers about how these teams win in a heavyweight fight. You got to know the Tale of the Tape. So I hope you guys will check that out. If you guys want to get more content, there's stuff available over on Patreon. Four Years Cutback Patreon. Don't break downs. You break down the All-22 film. Also, standalone shows. The Eight Hill Show is available over there. Later in the week, you can catch out slightly off sides with me and Horse, or the Ant and Classic Show with me and Classic. So, plenty of stuff available. Hope you'll come through and check it all out. Uh, but until then, stay safe and remember, the right way is always the Forty ers way.